Hi, I'm Travis Foray, and this is the Returns Management Podcast by Return Logic, the show where we connect e-commerce store owners together through casual discussion and examine current myths and trends to keep you up to date on everything happening in the e-commerce world. On today's episode, we're covering the returns hierarchy of needs. We'll first start by touching on Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how we've used that to create something we call the returns hierarchy of needs. We'll discuss the three stages in the hierarchy, including automation, visibility, and optimization, and much more on today's episode. My name is Travis Foray, and I'm a product marketing specialist here at Return Logic, and today, I'm joined by none other than David Gonzalez, Senior Growth Marketer here at Return Logic. So without further ado, let's get this show started. So Travis, I was talking to a merchant the other day and she was describing how returns impacted her store over time. It was really interesting because I've heard the same story so many times and brands go through this similar progression. And I'm curious if our listeners can relate here. So when she was first starting out, she said she was excited to get that first sale, get sales going. Um, Then all of a sudden she got her first return. She told me she was a little off put by it. She felt like she did something wrong. And as her sales grew, she started to get more and more returns. So she started recording these returns on a spreadsheet um, and ultimately hired her first person to help handle customers and manage returns. So once once she had some help, she said she could focus more on growing sales, which she did really, really quickly. Uh, but then her rep just couldn't keep up. They were swamped. So she had to hire some more people um, so that she could continue to grow, right? And she actually didn't start out with us. She started out with an app called Return Magic, uh, which Sunset, I believe, uh, about a month or two ago. But eventually, it just wasn't able to solve all of her problems and scale with her. Her returns problems just kept getting bigger. She finally got to this place where... She grew enough where she could keep her own inventory in a warehouse. She had a warehouse and an ops team. But after a few months, her warehouse team just couldn't keep track of everything. They felt out of the loop. They felt disconnected. So shoppers just weren't getting their items on time. And then all of a sudden, she was just stuck. So after all that hard work to scale to a certain point, her returns problem crept up and she said it was like a nightmare. So finally, she did some shopping around. She talked to a handful of returns management companies. She had to try out a few and ultimately she connected with us. But I hear stories similar to this all the time. At some points in companies' growth journey, returns get too tough to deal with and they put a chokehold on growth. All right, everybody, please give David a round of applause for the TED Talk. Just messing with you. But all jokes aside, are we talking about Liz here? Yeah, she's great. I feel like your therapist sometimes when we chat about returns. Oh, yeah. She loves to vent about returns. And I love to listen. But anyways, I definitely hear you and I've heard this same story myself many times. It's like a natural progression as companies scale. Companies have to get better and better at handling returns and evolve or else their momentum just stalls. Exactly. Hey, David, do you remember anything from your Psych 101 class? Uh, Not as well as I should, but I know that Freud guy talks about childhoods. Well, unfortunately, we're not here to discuss your childhood trauma. Unless that involves Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. Do you remember anything about that? Remind me. Yeah, no problem. 
So Maslow's hierarchy of needs talks about the stages of growth in humans, which honestly reminds me a lot of companies and how they grow. The hierarchy is split between deficiency needs and growth needs, which ultimately lead to transcendence or enlightenment. Man, returns enlightenment. Well, if there's this enlightenment stage, who is an enlightened returns company? I know this is going to be a big shocker here, but the first one that comes to mind for me is Amazon. Yep, saw that coming. Yeah, of course. I mean, Amazon's definitely a company to keep an eye on, and they always seem to be ahead of the game. But let's talk more about managing returns and how that's a progression, and let's define some of those stages throughout this progression. For sure. Uh, let me just Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs quick. All right. So the first stages are physiological needs and safety needs. So those needs have to be satisfied before you can level up or progress. So when it comes to returns, the first stage has got to be giving your shoppers a returns portal and some sort of level of automation, being able to automatically approve refunds, allowing exchanges, issuing store credit without having to talk to anyone just saves your support team. I'd say that usually happens around like 50 returns per month, maybe more. Yeah, I definitely agree there. And that covers the part of the returns hierarchy that we call automation. I'd say the next step is the warehouse and operations team phase. We call this the visibility stage. Here, your goal is knowing what's going on with every return and maintaining accurate inventory numbers. That visibility is going to be huge. If you can get your support team in step with your warehouse team, you can create a well-oiled returns machine. Yeah, good call out. So now that I've actually Googled what those different Maslow hierarchy of needs stages are, does that visibility stage like the, the love, belonging, and esteem stage, those are basically equivalent to that visibility stage when it comes to returns? Yep, exactly. That's a great way to look at it. So what's the last stage then? When does that happen? Yeah, so the last stage is Maslow's enlightenment stage, or what we call optimization in the returns hierarchy of needs. This usually happens when retailers hit around 150 returns per month. I have honestly no idea why it's that number, but it's almost like an invisible barrier. Why optimization? Yeah, great question. So after you've solved the automation and the visibility stages, the last part of the equation is putting together a few key pieces. The first piece is figuring out why returns are happening. The second piece is calculating how much returns are costing you. And the third and final piece is figuring out where you should be focusing your time and dollars. Got it. So you basically get some sort of analytics that help you know help you know which levers to pull on. Exactly. So you can determine where your choke points are, you know when and how to improve your products, and overall, you can consistently improve on your strategy and use returns data to improve the shopper experience, improve operational efficiency, and then ultimately grow your profits. So if I understand that correctly, you're basically using your returns data to improve your returns processes. You're therefore reducing your return rates, making sure that you can scale your operations, which ultimately grows your profits. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, so basically, once you can automate things for your support team and you can get your warehouse team to know the status and condition of each return, you can then dive into the data to continuously improve your products over time. I truly believe 
that anyone can be as good as Amazon at managing returns and possibly even better. Bold statement. You know, that it is, David, but I stand behind it. I see more and more companies who adopt this same philosophy, focusing on scaling their operations and optimizing their reverse supply chain. For instance, I was talking to a retailer the other day who looks at returns data to determine where he should put marketing dollars and won't even calculate return on ad spend without including returns data. There's just so much opportunity out there. Gotta say, I'm loving the optimism. Well, we all should be optimistic. Because at the end of the day, if you can make your returns process as easy as possible for your team, that's what's really going to lead to growth and also lead you to happier shoppers. Interesting. Well, what about focusing on driving exchanges? Yeah, that's a good tactic. But ultimately, there's a reason that Bezos focuses on operations and profits. As he says, your margin is my opportunity. Yeah, I'd say he knows a thing or two about growing an e-commerce company. Yeah, well, definitely more than you and I. Travis, how do you remember my Psych 101 class? Of course he knows more than me. Well, we can't all have the mind of Jeff Bezos, but using the returns hierarchy of needs will definitely get us a step closer. Let's run it back one more time for our listeners. A retailer's journey or evolution can be broken down into three stages. The first stage is going from a manual process to a fully automated process. The second stage is looping in your warehouse and operations teams to gain more visibility. And then the last stage is the optimization piece, which retailers can use to scale to new heights. And when you put it all together, you have automation, visibility, and optimization. The returns hierarchy of needs. Exactly. Throw a trademark on it. Well, that's all we have for today, folks. I want to give a special thanks, as always, to David for joining me on today's episode, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening. Catch another episode, learn more at returnlogic.com, and find us on YouTube. And I'll see you back here on the Returns Management Podcast.